What's wrong with you people? Welcome to Not Another Baptist Podcast, a weekly podcast with myself, Matt Hensley, and Kyle, non-alcoholic beerman, and we're glad to be with you today with this episode that is made possible by Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in this June. In fact, uh, about a week from now, really, flights are all going to be descending from all points of the country. In fact, I think Jonathan Howe said from all 50 states, including, I think, Puerto Rico or something like that. But all 50 will be flying in to John Wayne International Airport or whatever it's called now, or if you are suffering for Jesus, LAX, uh, for the annual meeting for the Southern Baptist Convention and Southwestern Seminary wants to see you there. And you're gonna see them kind of on display, of course, with the entity reports from the seminaries. Of course, Dr. Greenway and several Southwesterners are on the pastor's conference. Next week, we're going to do a preview for the SBC pastor's conference. I know a little bit about it and all of the uh, stress that went into uh, putting that together over the past year, but over the course of the annual meeting, there's going to be a lot of time to connect with Southwestern Seminary. They will have a booth during the pastor's conference and during the annual meeting. Of course, those will be in two different places, two different things. And you should go there for your swag needs. But also, we would love to join you at the Southwestern Seminary's SBC Alumni and Friends Luncheon, which is going to happen on June 15th at noon o'clock p.m. You'll get to reconnect with fellow Southwesterners catch up with Swibbit's faculty and hear from President Adam W. Greenway. Kyle, are you going to that? Um, I've not registered yet. I, I need to oh, I need to get wow. on that. I know. I know. Wow. So <laughs> so so funny thing. So I'm I'm, I'm registered. My, my whole family is going, but I failed to register for like any of the ancillary events. Um like the Lifeway Breakfast um, I'm having to work to send lunch, but I didn't register my family and those are all gone. So like, no, all, all the ancillary events at this point are basically full. So I, I failed in that. Um, so if you see somebody, you know, I'll, if you want to come meet me, I'll probably be out, you know, like in the hallway or in the exhibit hall, just looking sad because I didn't get any of the free meals. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kyle, if there are still tickets available, I encourage you to go post haste to swibbit.edu forward slash SBC 22 and find out some more information and get your tickets for the alumni and friends luncheon. You don't have to be a Swibbit's alumni, um, Kyle. It can, well, that's good. Can, <laughs> that's good if you have a pulse, <laughs> you are welcomed. And uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward. I, I'm looking forward to seeing you. We we got to see one another at Swibbits a few yep. weeks ago or now, I guess a couple of months ago. And that was fun. And uh, But we get to see one another in the flesh once again in Anaheim, California. And, uh, and so I'm looking forward to that time together. And with all of our 7,000, 8,000, 9,000, however many closest friends and frenemies. So... Kyle, we're not talking about the SBC annual meeting. Like I said, we're going to talk about the pastor's conference next Friday uh, because we want you to keep your job at the North American uh, Mission Board. Uh, but today we're going to talk about, let's just call it the struggle bus, right? Pastors sometimes struggle. Ministry is awesome. Being a pastor is great. 
but there are some struggles that we face and know, like Aaron Earl says in his article about this, uh, maybe we don't face beatings, shipwrecks, imprisonments, and so forth, uh, at least not on a regular basis. I've probably had some members that wanted to beat me up, but I never faced that physically uh, and literally. But I have faced some of these same struggles. In Lifeway Research did a 2022 study of the greatest needs of pastors, and we're going to link that in the show notes. And, uh, and, and really, they identified about 44 needs that pastors have in ministry, and then those were divided into seven categories, and another 1,000 pastors were interviewed to determine how common each need was in pastoral ministry across the U.S. of A., And of the almost four dozen needs first identified, a majority of pastors pointed to 17 issues that they got to address. And so we're calling this a struggle bus. We're going to look at about four, maybe three, five of these. Uh, But of the 17, Kyle, that included, and so all of these are over 51% of the respondents. And so we're just going to list through those real quick. Developing leaders and volunteers, and everybody said, "Amen." Amen. Uh, you know, especially like your kids' ministry, man. You know, you never could find somebody for the nursery. Uh, and I know your your buddy Mark Clifton, or our buddy Mark Clifton, but your boss Mark Clifton is in desperate need of a pianist, right? So it's like we all are needing various leaders and volunteers to fill the roles and so forth. Fostering connections with unchurched people. Right, we're surrounded, of course, by our church members and so forth. But finding lost people, unchurched people to connect with, uh, people's apathy or lack of commitment, uh, consistency in personal prayer, of course, maybe your quiet time and so forth, friendship and fellowship with others, uh, of course, that could be others, individual, uh, maybe other pastors, fellow pastors, that kind of thing. We've talked a lot about that on this show. Uh, training current leaders and volunteers. Of course, that's connected to developing leaders and volunteers. Consistency in Bible reading, not related to sermon prep, uh, right? You know, we we spend a lot of time in the Bible every week because we're preparing a sermon, but not always just for our own benefit. Trusting God, right? Just two words, trusting God. 66% said that was a struggle. Uh, relationships with other pastors, 64%. Consistency in taking Sabbath, 64%. Stress, everybody said amen. Only 63% said amen, but still, stress is a big one. Personal disciple making, confessing, repenting from personal sin, consistency, exercising. Nobody said amen, but 59% did say that was a struggle. Avoiding overcommitment and overwork, 55%. You know, we only work on Sunday, of course, uh, so I don't know where that comes from. But challenging people where they lack obedience, uh, 55% time management. That's something I love, uh, but 51% said was a uh, struggle. And uh, so, yes, those are the 17 that were above 50%, but there were many other struggles that people have. And you listening in, maybe you resonated with a few of those. We're going to touch on these first few that they listed since so many, you know, over three quarters, really. Uh, we're dealing with these. So this was a, you know, pain point for a lot of pastors. So Kyle, non-alcoholic beerman, developing leaders and volunteers. Was that ever a struggle at First Baptist Church of Alamogordo? Yeah, yeah. You know, so um, one of the struggles that we had, in, especially in the first 
two years or so in, in Alamogordo is we, we had a lot of people coming through the front door. Um, but, but a lot of the folks that were coming in were short time air force folks. So they were going to be there for, uh, typically six to nine months and then they were gone. Um, and so the, it was really hard to get them plugged in, right. To, and to, to develop leaders because you knew that they were leaving now. Um, over, over the course of time, just some things at the Air Force Base there changed, which meant that we had more people coming into town who were going to be there for a period of like three to four years. And some of those um, we saw step into some key leadership roles um, and and really were, were an asset to the church. But yeah, I mean, every, uh, what was it, 77% of pastors, so, so over three quarters say that they struggled with this. And I found it interesting um, that younger pastors um so especially those from 18 to 44 um 82 percent said that they struggled with it. so younger pastors and, and then 45 to 54 almost 80 percent younger pastors struggle with this more than older um and so I'm, I, i'd be curious to know if, if older pastors have just like given up and they're just like fine i'll do it all <laughs> i'm gonna stop beating my head on this wall or if um if you know, the longer in your ministry, they gain wisdom and, and they figured out some ways to, to develop, um, to, to develop leaders. But yeah, I mean, this is, this is a struggle that almost everyone, um, uh, wrestles with and the larger the church, um, the more people struggled with it. So, so pastors of churches, with more than a hundred people in attendance, um, were more likely to select that than churches with fewer than 50 people. Uh, so smaller churches, um, and, and that just makes sense, right? If you're a smaller church, you have maybe fewer leadership roles that you need to fill. And so it's easier to, to fill those. The larger the church gets, the, the more um, the more roles there are to fill and the harder it can be to find folks to, to do that. And I, I know one pastor that they were really struggling to, to fill the nursery. And, uh, you know, they didn't do children's church, that kind of thing. It was Definitely a, a little more kind of family-based worship, that kind of stuff. Uh, but they really were struggling with their nursery. And uh, and so finally, he he kind of gave up. And it was kind of like you were talking about just like, I, I've, I'm going to throw a Hail Mary here. And he did the sermon from the nursery, live streamed it into the church. And then the next week, they had volunteers for the nursery. That's a fantastic idea. It's like sometimes you got to get a little creative uh, because a a lot of times, and and let's be honest, sometimes members show up and and they just don't realize all of the, the, the kind of behind the scenes thing that takes place during the week and leading up to and even including that 11 o'clock hour of worship. Yeah. Right. You know, we don't realize that there are, you know, two people on the sound team, you know, that are working day in and day out to try and make sure yeah. this thing works. You know, they're, they're, they're not thinking about there's somebody that comes up and, and cleans. And if that person is sick or catches COVID or something like that, well, how does it get clean? You know, the pastor usually does it or a secretary or a staff member, or maybe that's the other duties as assigned by the pastor. If you're that fortunate to have somebody else. Uh, but if, if things don't happen, uh, they just don't happen. And you start to realize, well, why don't we have a Sunday school teacher here? Why don't we have this or that? Or why don't we have a pianist? You know, back in the day where many churches had, uh, you know, 
almost kind of music schools where guitar and piano and all that kind of stuff was taught usually Sunday nights or throughout the week, even would have entire programs for this. Uh, that's kind of a thing of the past, largely. I don't see that nearly as much. Uh, and so usually every church that I served, I became the pianist as well because I could play the piano. And that's not something you can develop overnight. Like, I can't say, hey, Kyle, I need you to play the piano. You've never played before. Here's four or five chords. You're set for, you know, 10,000 reasons, right? You know, that's, <laughs> I can't do that in one day. Uh, but, uh, but so, yeah, developing leaders and volunteers is a consistent over three quarters of those that replied, as you touched on, significantly more of the younger crowd. Uh, this is something that, you know, we're, we're new to this. We're learning how to do it. We're probably learning some of the things, like I said, that maybe members don't realize need to be done. We're also learning, hey, I need like 10 Sunday school teachers and I need this many volunteers for VBS. And that happens when people are still working and taking vacations and all of that kind of stuff. And so, so yeah, developing leaders and volunteers is like the gift that keeps on giving because people die, people move away. Uh, new needs come up, your church grows, whatever it might be, and also developing the right leaders and volunteers. And, uh, you know, it's not just somebody that's willing. We need somebody that's, that's willing and qualified and all of those kinds of things, too. And uh, so it's not just somebody with a pulse that you throw in a key position. Uh, and is, I think we've learned that certainly in the last few weeks in the SBC as well. Number two, Fostering connections uh, with unchurched people. I think you were going to say something else about the other one. Do you want to make a comment real quick? Well, I was just going to say, I think, so um, some of the other things that are going to come up, um, training current leaders and volunteers, that goes hand in hand with that. Um, but personal disciple making. I mean, I think, I think to see all of these tied in to developing leaders and volunteers, because if you make, if you're making disciples, Part of that is training leaders, right? I mean, tra training people to be followers of Christ, training people to lead others to be followers of Christ. And, and hopefully as they mature, they're ready to serve in, in some leadership capacity. Obviously, not everybody's going to be serving in, in, in a pastor or elder, but um, being able to serve in, in some leadership capacity as well. So those, those are all kind of linked together. And, and don't, don't discount the availability and at times the benefits of a spiritual gift assessment. Uh, you know, sometimes your, your people just, you, you don't know them. They don't really know what they are called to do, but you start digging into some of those and, and there's, you know, there's so many that are out there um, to, to list the best ones. But, uh, but anyway, as you start kind of thinking through and praying through what are some of my giftings and what do I like all of that, you can usually find uh, maybe a surprise a diamond in the rough, somebody that would end up being a great teacher with a great opportunity. Uh, so, so yes, for sure. Number two, fostering connections with unchurched people. Uh, let me give you just a, a free piece of advice. Get out of the office. Like for the love of everything holy, get out of the office and leave that ivory tower for a little bit. Uh, you know, don't discount study, don't discount prayer, all of that, but get out. And just go spend time at, you know, the local coffee shop or restaurant or, or just the ball games or stuff like that. Just get out of that sort of sequestered uh, church where you're surrounded by brothers and sisters in Christ. All of that's a wonderful thing. Yes. Uh, and, and when you're having your fellowships with Sunday schools and all of that kind of stuff, like all of that's great. But get out a little bit and just be around other people. 
and uh, and then start up conversations with them. You know, we're talking to pastors, uh, and and we generally are going to preach. We need to be as we go making disciples. Da 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 da. da. Uh, so maybe model that also for for your people. So go out, leave your office, and get around some lost people. Um, you know, go where lost people are. And uh, just hang out, get to know them, see what makes them tick, all of that kind of stuff. And and uh, so I, I think that's a, another pressure point for people is just fostering those connections with unchurched people, because sometimes we can be in our little silo of sorts, uh, our kind of echo chamber surrounded by people that largely are like us, then we forget what it's like to, to be apart from Christ. Uh, we forget, you know, that there are people outside of the body of Christ. And uh, so being around them helps us to remember that. And I believe we'll go a long way of fostering those connections. Kyle? Yeah. So um, I, I just finished reading um, the book Growing Up by Robbie Gallaty, which is the first in kind of a, a series of three books about discipleship. And, and one of the things that he recommends um, is going out at, you know, to a coffee shop or a restaurant, but he recommends going out um, and spending time in the same restaurant or the same coffee shop at the, you know, the same time and the same day every week, right? So you just work that into your schedule. And what that does is that allows you to build relationships with the staff who are, you know, probably working there. And there will be other regulars that you run into as well. Um, and I found this interesting and, and, and maybe, maybe this is not that surprising to you, but, um, when, uh, those that were surveyed, pastors from larger churches were more likely to say they had trouble fostering connections with unchurched people than those with uh, than, than smaller churches, especially than uh, of those churches with fewer than fifty people in attendance. Now, I have a theory. I think that's because uh, most churches with fewer than fifty people in attendance, the pastor is going to be bivocational, and so he is working a job and out interacting with people in the community. Whereas if you're pastoring a larger church, um, hundred, hundred up more than likely you're, 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 you're just, you're more likely to be a full-time pastor, which means you have an office, um, and, and you can get swallowed up in church life and that demanding all of your time rather than being out in the community. And so this is certainly something that you have to be intentional about. Um, and, and, you know, as, as you said, you don't want to neglect study. You don't want to neglect um, other responsibilities, but, but you can work this into your schedule. Go spend an hour or two, one day a week at the same time, um, somewhere out in the community yeah. for the sole purpose of building relationships. Kyle, I don't know about you, but at May Hill Baptist, I did not have a hundred percent attendance and commitment from my people. Uh, sometimes, as we have discussed before, is you know it's kind of one of those where church has gone from maybe the top of uh, believers' priority list to it's on the list of things we can do on. The weekend over the weekend and so if we get everything done on saturday we get the yard mode whatever it might be uh then yeah we'll we'll get together for church and so you know there's stats that are out there about the uh the the attendance trends for just what what's considered regular church attendance is not four to five sundays a a, a month and uh, much less than that in fact half of that and uh and so that goes into the third one people's apathy 
or lack of commitment. And, uh, and I know I've saw that a lot with youth ministry. There was kind of a trend in the, you know, maybe the 10 or so years that I was involved in that, where early on Wednesday was, was just as sacred as Sunday uh, for, for youth ministry. Uh, and then later on, in, in kind of the twilight years of me as a youth pastor, Wednesday was just as packed with events as any other day of the week. And, uh, and so I dealt with it there, but I've also seen it on the church side. We just have gone to the point course there's vacations in the summer all that that's a little bit different but it's just churches on the list of things we can do uh, not the things that we're going to build the rest of our schedule around and uh, and so that then naturally is going to be a pressure point of every church uh, a larger church maybe or you've got thousands of people coming you may not notice if a hundred people are out at Talladega Speedway you know watching the NASCAR race or something like that uh, but in a church of 50 or so one family that's out and suddenly you're like, did this church die this week? Like, are, are we dead? Do we need to call Nam replant, start this thing over? Like what, where are we at? So, so people's apathy or lack of commitment comes in at a square three quarters of respondents. 75% shared this. Uh, so it is another one of the key struggles, pain points for, for pastors. Kyle. Yeah. And so a couple of things, first of all, I would say, I think this goes back to, discipleship again, right? I mean, we've, we've not been discipled in the importance of the church. So it can become just kind of something else that, that's good to do, you know, if if we don't have anything else going on. Um, but but also, uh, you know, the last couple of years, and we, we've talked about this before, and we've seen the, the as you mentioned, the trend lines. Um, you know, I think Tom Rayner, his, his research shows that about a third of church attenders are not coming back after COVID. Uh, so, so, I mean, this was, a, this was a, an issue before COVID. I think now it's been just the, the pedal's been put down on this one because there's um, th- there was so much of a disruption of church life. And it became so easy to, okay, you know, we're just going to gather in the living room in our pajamas this morning. We'll watch the um, the, the thing on the screen, which which our family did, I think, for two Sundays after we moved. Um, and man, it's just not the same. Like, I mean, not, not at all. You know, I'm, I'm grateful for the technology. And when we had COVID, I'm grateful for, for us being able to, to worship with our church family that way. But um, it's not the same. And, and secondly, you mentioned um, just about the way our culture has changed. And Wednesday night is no longer sacred. And and in a lot of places, Sunday morning is not sacred. I mean, there's kids soccer games and baseball tournaments. And um, this is my first experience with ministry in the city. Even though I'm not a pastor, I serve on a volunteer staff role and we volunteer in in the youth ministry. Um, But one of the things we've seen here at Highland is our Sunday morning youth attendance is more than double what our Wednesday night is. Because Wednesday night there is basketball practices and and basketball games and I mean there's just there's stuff happening almost every week that has some of our kids out. Uh, but Sunday morning we have a we have a pretty large crowd of kids that show up, and and so that's been weird for me. It's been weird for our youth minister because this is the first time that he's experienced that where where Sunday morning was more than than Wednesday night as well. Um, and so, yeah, there, there are a lot of things in our world that are clamoring for our attention. And if we are not disciplined about making gathering with the church on Sunday morning a priority, other things will choke that out. Yeah. 
as we begin to wind down, there's two more that were kind of close. And a lot of these were inching up to that three quarters amount. Uh, but consistency in personal prayer and then friendships and fellowship with uh, with others. And of course, one similar to that relationships with other pastors. We've talked a lot about that on this show, uh, getting connected with your local association, uh, the events at your state convention. I know we're both in Texas. Uh, the the Texas state here, you know, with SBTC has like the Young Pastor Network. They do a lot of regular uh, engagement and so forth with our association. We try to do regular meals and so forth to, to connect with others uh, and have that fellowship with one another. And, and just having a friend, somebody that, you know, when you preach that just home run sermon that you can't jump on Twitter and said, man, I just preached the best sermon of my life. Like, you know, going to think you're the most prideful, arrogant person in the world. But being able to share with somebody, you know, like Kyle, you know, when, when I've shared those things with him, like, man, today was a home run and nobody got saved. Like, you know, it's like we, <laughs> we share something like that. Like today was a foul ball and we had six people saved. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like we have those conversations a lot because we're friends. And, uh, and so we can keep one another in check. And so you need a true friend that knows what you're dealing with, that you're open with and honest and you're sharing and you're vulnerable, all of that kind of stuff, uh, and that you can trust. Uh, and then also consistency and personal prayer. Another one was consistency and Bible reading and 66% was trusting God. I, I would dare say you start focusing on some of this with your prayer and your Bible reading and maybe those numbers uh, go down a bit. And, uh, and just a real quick pro tip here is, you know, if you need to get up at, at 6 a.m., 6.30, whatever it is for, for your day, whatever your normal routine is, bumping that back 30 minutes is not going to change everything in your sleeping schedule. Uh, but bump it back and then set your Bible, you know, on top of your phone. So you've got a, you're already holding your Bible when your alarm is going off and just go get you a cup of coffee and and dig in and pray. And it's a simple way to, to just be consistent in personal prayer. Another thing we've talked about on this show is praying through your membership role. Uh, you know, if your church is, you know, thousands, maybe that's going to be a little different for you. Uh, pray through your leadership team and so forth. But if you're a smaller church, pick that up and just pick five, six, seven each day and, and just start praying. And uh, it, as you do that regularly, it's more natural. And, uh, and and maybe these numbers can go down just a bit. Kyle, any final thoughts on that? Uh, no, you know, I mean, none of these are, I, I, I didn't read through this list and, and see any that were just shocking and surprising. So, I mean, these are struggles that pastors experience across the board, um, across ages and even across denomination lines. Um, so if, you know, if you're struggling with someone on this list and I mean, you're just feeling really discouraged about it, the, the good news about surveys like this is it shows us that you are not alone at all in your struggles. Um, so, you know, as you, as you develop number five, their friendship and fellowship with others, especially other pastors, um, you can begin to share some of these struggles and, and you can begin to encourage one another, um, along that. Um, so, and, and, and I think so far, everything that we've mentioned here, um, Matt and I would say, yes, we've struggled with that at some point. Um, we've experienced those personally. Never. I had no struggles as a pastor. <laughs> no, you were, you were like, perfect. <laughs> well, I have gray hair. I'm looking like Santa more and more by the day. Kyle, I love you, man. I look forward to seeing you in Anaheim. Those of you that listened in, thank you for tuning in. Hope that, you know, one, it, it lets you know you're not alone. Like if you're struggling to find leaders and volunteers, welcome to the club. And uh, hopefully we gave you some insight, maybe some ways to, to help that. 
getting out with church members or, or unchurched people, uh, you know, dealing with the lack of commitment. Uh, yes, that's a regular thing that a lot of people deal with. There are some simple ways that you can be consistent in personal prayer and, and uh, friendship with others. Really some simple things that you can do uh, to maybe struggle less, right? There's always going to be struggles in ministry. There's yep. going to be good times, bad times, all of that. Ministry is awesome, uh, but there are struggles that come with it. And uh, But a lot of these things, as you address them and know those issues, know, know thyself, right? Just know what is a pressure point for you and think through maybe with an accountability partner or mentor how you can address some of those things and uh and by the spirit's help uh you will and so kyle send us out yeah well thanks for listening today and until next time may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare what's wrong with you people